What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review and nerd news podcast. That's right, it's time for the flagship 3FN Podcast. And this week on the podcast, we will be reviewing the brand new movie, Bros. On top of that, we'll be talking some nerd news and doing Diesel's movie triple stuff and so much more. But before we go any further, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. And I am your host, Rich. And the nerds are all here. And uh, let's start off with the first nerd. This nerd, this past week, he is won the Samaritan of the Year Award as he cleared out all the villains of one small town in upstate New York, ladies and gentlemen. Sylvester Stallone needs to uh, pay homage to the greatness that is Ron. Listen, I had to go in the sewers and get take care of you know them out of their sewers, and it's all cleared. You're good to go. Uh, did you run into Michael Myers while you were in said I, sewer? I did not find him, but I did I mean, find a big hyping pile of shit down there. Yes, it was I'm called sure. Halloween Kills. <laughs> and of course, the other nerd doesn't need an introduction yet. He has the longest introduction in all the podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. Hashtag Big Natty Cool. Hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style. Hashtag Challenge Accepted. Hashtag Rain Man. Hashtag Diesel Malenko because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger-bearded feller. I'm talking, of course, about Diesel. Hashtag Steve is my spirit animal. Steve is your spirit animal. Well, thank you, Steve, for being Diesel's spirit animal. Steve. Well, gentlemen, how has been the week? Ron, we'll start with you been all right can't complain too much you know same old same old just working getting through uh went and saw smile yesterday i enjoyed it i hope you uh when you see it right you'll enjoy it i think uh but other than that you know it was one of those things so i'm not sure if i can go tomorrow uh we had our wednesday game group we fought the dragon hydra and we actually survived somehow don't <laughs> yeah it was one of those weird situations okay. it's one of those setups where the group there's an also NPC group that you've met that happened to be there at the same time. So it's actually like a, two groups of two teams fighting it. So that's one reason why we were able to defeat it. But, you know, we got smart and, you know, our uh, wizard was smart and, you know, figured a trick out. And I was too dumb to figure it out. <laughs> so I'm just sitting back like, okay, let's try this. No, nope, don't worry. Okay, I'll try this. And I, I was rolling like crap, so I didn't do anything. But everybody else, you know, worked together and got it done. So that, that's the plus part. Uh, Dragon Hydra is just as imagining as what you think it is. It is a pain in the ass. <laughs> but other than that, that's all that's been going on. Uh, Diesel, how's been your week? Pretty quiet week. Just been working. And then uh, I finally got to go visit my father. He just retired. So it was nice to see him. And, well, quote unquote retired. He starts his new job today as a grocer. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> working part time for the meantime. Whatever. But yeah, uh, so it was good. We had a nice dinner and stopped by here briefly last night just to catch up and then back to work, back to the grind. Yeah, I've had a pretty uh, relaxing weekend. Took care of some business because, of course, I'll be leaving town on Wednesday to go to New York Comic Con. Uh, we'll talk about what I'm doing down there a little later during the nerd news. Uh, but outside of that, I, I've just been kind of hanging out, getting my shit together, spending some time with my wife and kid and uh, relaxing. Hopefully everybody out there is uh, doing great as well. 
But we already need to, before we go any further, we need to hit you up with some little shameless plugs here in the beginning of the show, which means that if uh, you want to find out anything about the 3FN Podcast or anything we're doing, hit us up on the website, 3FNPodcast.com. That's simple. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. There, you will find all of our social media links. There, you will also find uh, links to our Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FM podcast for as little as $1 a month. You can uh, join and help support the show while getting a ton of extra bonus uh, content. Big shout outs to Multiverse of Badness, who is our latest and newest patron. So thank you so much. And you could be just like the mob and join us on Patreon. Link is on 3FNpodcast.com. Also, the T Public link is there. The link to the Twitch channel is there. Uh, the links to 3FN, the show, and the players and everything is there, as well as 607TWS and friends of the show, like the Ocho Duro Parley Hour podcast. So there's a link right there. You can stream the show right from the show or go right over to their website. Plus, there's the musical directory that features the bands who let us use their music copyright free, including the band that does our theme song each and every week. And of course, that is Shout at the Robots. Make sure you're supporting them on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. And last but certainly not least, you can find the local sponsors who help us bring this show to you each and every week commercial free going to give them a quick shout out right now because they do so much for us. Firstly, the people who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios, Dragon Master Games. For all of your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. Of course, also, Rex to Rods Auto Detailing. If you're in the 607 and you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, Diesel, how do you get a hold of them? You call 607-644-3389. And last but certainly not least, and I know it's a little ways off because it's August 25th and 26th of 2023, but our good friends over at Sci-Fi Horror Fest, uh, make sure you keep up to date and when the announcements start rolling out, make sure you subscribe to their website, scifihorrorfest.com. And thank you once again for all our local sponsors and all that you do for the 3FN Podcast. Well, with that being said, I think we have a big week of news and more. So let's dive right into the deep end because it's time for this week's edition of the Nerd News. Bing, bang, boom. Bing, bang. Boom. And he's on time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's going to be a good day. And you know how we knew it was going to be a good day? Because usually there's the curse of the 3FN. As most of you know, we record our shows on Mondays. Even though then the patrons get the uncut, uncooked edition every Monday night right after we record. But the rest of the world gets it on Tuesdays. And without fail, normally when there's a big trailer or a big announcement, it always happens on the day the show comes out, not the day we record, but not today. The curse has been broken by Disney and Marvel more specifically because the trailer for Wakanda Forever, the final trailer, if you will, dropped today along with tickets are on sale. So tickets are on sale right now for Wakanda Forever. I know the movie doesn't come out until November 11th, but in bigger markets, we know Marvel movies are a bitch to get to. So make sure you snag your tickets now in those bigger markets and even sometimes in the smaller markets. I know for Spider-Man No Way Home, those tickets were awful hard to get in our area, which was a big surprise. So make sure if you're living in a bigger market, especially you reach out and get your tickets for November 11th for Wakanda Forever. But we're not here to shill tickets for Disney. No, no, no. We are here to talk about the trailer. So, let's start off with you, Ronald. 
What did you think about this new and what looks like to be the final trailer? Obviously, there'll be some TV spots and, and stuff like this, but it looks like this is the final big trailer for Wakanda Forever. I was already in. This just solidified it more. I can't wait to watch it. They're, they give you you know a quick glimpse at Ironheart, a little more Namor, uh, your glimpse at uh, the new Black Panther. So, I mean, it's everything you need. It gives you where, where the story is actually going, and it's just enough for if, if you were teetering on the fence, I'm sure this would push you towards going. Um, but the way Marvel's been putting these out, I'm all in. Yeah. Diesel, how do you feel about the trailer? I think I watched the wrong trailer. I'm pretty sure I watched Avatar 2. A technologically advanced society versus water people? Yep. <laughs> this looks great. Avatar <laughs> 2 looks like it's shit. <laughs> uh, I, I love the extra scenes we got. There's a couple little teasers where we're still not quite sure who, but we have a better idea now who the Black Panther is. It's still all conjecture and theory, though, but it looks great. I I'm super excited for this one. I thought there was a lot of great teasers in this. I know some people thought that they went too far at the end because at the end we get to see a full-on shot, front side shot this time of Black Panther. Yep. And it looks like Black Panther is now a female, which, of course, we're absolutely fine with. Uh, so there's a lot of people out there that have been like, oh, my God, they showed too much. But, hey, once again, Disney is known for putting fake scenes yeah. into movies. So there's a very good possibility that that's not even real. So... You got to just, you know, take it for what it's worth because it's Disney. Uh, the other thing is it looks like they were setting up for Queen Ramonda to be the aggressor in this movie. Yes. Because at one point she basically says, well, we're going to strike first. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, they think we're weak because we've lost, you know, our, you know, our previous two kings and our protector. No, no, no. We're going to strike first. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on over here? Theory from left field. The queen is a Black Panther. It could be. could be. <laughs> but my biggest takeaway here is getting the full looks at Namor, especially in that awesome Aztec garb he is wearing uh, during uh, the trailer. What did you think about Namor? Because I know you are also very positive on it, Diesel. Yeah, Namor looks great. I was a little hesitant on his little double jump. I know it's <laughs> kind of how it's done in comics, but it just looks a little weird in the Marvel Universe. I want to point out that he's not weirded out by the wing ankle <laughs> things. I have the weirdest the double jump. of disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> but just a double jump. Not that he can breathe underwater. No. That he's basically a god but no buy into all that it's just the mario double triple jump kind of like threw me <laughs> off <laughs> namor and his people all look phenomenal in this i cannot yeah. wait i can't wait to see this uh let's give if you haven't heard the official synopsis from disney yet this is the official synopsis queen ramanda suri mbaku okoye and the dora milage uh fight to protect their nation from intervening world powers in the wake of king t'challa's death as the wakandans strive to embrace their next chapter the heroes must band together with nakia and everett ross to forge a new path for their beloved kingdom course black panther is directed once again by ryan coogler which is a big bucket of win and will hit the movie theaters on november 11th i'm sure i don't have to remind everybody of that but once again as a public service announcement if you live in a bigger market and you haven't already i think it's about time for you to hit up and get you some motherfucking tickets because tickets are on sale now 
Do not sleep on it. This movie is going to sell out. I promise yeah. you that much. It is the highest grossing movie in the United States history, domestic history. I do believe that's the distinction that it holds. It's yeah. not the highest grossing of all time. Of course, that would be Endgame. But this is the highest grossing of the United States. So, yeah, people love this movie. They love the original. They're going to love this movie. Make sure you get your tickets. Do not be left out and uh, sitting around not seeing this movie for weeks on end. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Heed my warning, folks. <laughs> Heed my warning. Let's move right around with some more Disney news and some more Marvel news. And this one, this one filled the cup for Ron. It made him rock hard. Because we got an announcement this week from none other than Ron's all-time man crush Hall of Famer, Ryan Reynolds. And it was a nice little fun video where he's uh, discussing what he's been doing in the meantime and whether he wants to come back and do a Deadpool movie. And, you know, I should come back, but there seems like there's something missing and I don't know what it is. And until I figure it out, maybe we won't do it. And then we get in the background... For some reason, Hugh Jackman just comfortably walking through Ryan Reynolds' house. and Which Ryan, I believe happens. Uh, it probably does. <laughs> and Ryan just goes, hey, uh, you want to be Wolverine again? And as you see Hugh Jackman walk upstairs in Ryan Reynolds' house, he goes, sure, Ryan. And just continues up the stairs like nothing. So we then got the announcement in that very awesome way with the poster, which would be Deadpool's face with the claws through it. We are getting Deadpool 3 with the return of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, and that's coming to us in a stacked year of 2024. Ron, we are going to start with you. How did you feel about the announcement video? How did you feel about the announcement? And was your dick rock hard? Oh, it was rock hard for the whole video. <laughs> the whole video. I was done immediately after the said video. So, what, two and a half minutes? You know, whatever it was. Two, it's about two, normal time two, for you. Two, yeah. So I was done afterwards. I was able to go have a sandwich and, you know, or OJ. So, you know, but, I, you know, obviously we knew Deadpool 3 was happening. We didn't know where the story was going, what they were going to do. If they were going to intertwine the MCU or keep Deadpool in its own universe, we don't know yet. Um, but with the Hugh Jackman statement, you know, it's, it was only a matter of time because the way that they've been going back and forth at each other, I don't see why he wouldn't have came yeah. back. Uh, what I find funny is everybody's like, oh, it's rumored that the yellow suit's going to come back. I'm like, yeah, it's Marvel, people. Like, it's going to be the yellow suit. If they do this, they're going to do it right. It, even if it's him passing it on to the MCU version of Wolverine, we might get that piece. Uh, the rumors are Domino could be coming back. Ooh. So, like, this is going to be, you know, epic one way or the other, however which way they do it. And the fact that they're just like, hey, we're doing this. Here we go. I'm good with it. Let's go. I hear you there. Diesel, what are your thoughts? More importantly, is Sugar Bear coming back? I mean, I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, too. Uh, looks great, and I've been loving all the little follow-up, little interviews with the two of them, like, well, Wolverine's dead after the, you know, things for Logan. Logan takes place in 2029, so this takes place before that. So it still fits. Yeah. Canically, I love it, and he's already part of that universe in a way because... Uh, Deadpool 2, they had the shot of the first class X-Men. So, and they tie in. I cannot wait. This is be awesome. I'm going to say the one thing that's going to irritate the MCU fans out there. I think this solidifies the fact that technically Deadpool's not in the MCU. Which I think is for the best anyways. Yeah. Because I don't think that Kevin Feige and Disney and Marvel, for that matter, want rated R subject in the MCU. Uh, some people go, but Daredevil's in it. 
Yeah, but they're <laughs> now they've gotten rid of the Netflix show. That is yeah. not canon anymore, and the new show is a PG thirteen show. Yeah. So therefore, they're correcting to give us the the backstory they want for Daredevil, erasing the past. So there is no rated R yeah. in the MCU currently because the Netflix series are all gone. Bye bye. They're gone. They're great for watch. They're like, yes, you guys can watch them. But just like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they don't exist in the canon. (laughs) And I know that that pisses people off. And I get it. I'm kind of upset about it as well. However, I'm also excited because that means we still get a rated R Deadpool movie, which I don't think a PG-13 Deadpool movie is what I need in my life. And we still get the return of Hugh Jackman. So why be upset about it? Because in the canon, obviously, they're going to eventually cast new X-Men, new mutants, and somebody else is going to be Hugh Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, I should say. (laughs) Maybe Danny DeVito, even. Remember, there was a a push. Danny DeVito's almost the right height, so it works out perfectly fine. But, yeah, I, 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 I know I'm saying the unpopular thing, but... I really think that that's yeah. probably what this is, but I have no problems with it as long as you give me what I want. Yeah. And that's the whole thing with the comic book universe too, is there's a multiverse. So he doesn't need to be tied into the, the main Marvel cinematic universe universe. He, and if you want to pull him in from time to time, you can, but it's not going to be a rated R movie. It's just going to be him popping in. Right. Just like he does in the comic books. <laughs> yep. And like I said before, all you actually have to know about anything is just give me what I want. And Disney is doing just that here. We have a trifecta of Marvel Disney news because last but certainly not least here in the nerd news for as far as the Marvel portion goes is despite teasing work on the Armor Wars TV series just a few weeks ago at D23 Expo, Marvel Studios has decided to change the series from a show to a feature film. The Hollywood Reporter brings word on the development, revealing that the change came after studio sources revealed they wanted to tell the story the right way. Don Cheadle is still attached to star in the series slash movie now, reprising his role of James Rhodes, a.k.a. War Machine, for the movie. The train notes that Yasir Lester, previously attached as head writer for the show, is still on board to write the script. THR notes that the change from a series to a movie will push it further back in the development slate for Marvel Studios. At this point, it's now unclear where the film will land on Marvel's schedule, but the studio has previously set release dates well beyond their Phase 6 block of movies, with untitled movies scheduled for 2026 and beyond i think this is a big bucket of win because i like the character of war machine diesel how do you feel about armor wars now becoming a movie instead of a series sam i'm the opposite view on that because if you want to tell the story the right way i think this is perfect for a series because you think about it you get you know essentially five to eight hours worth of the story as opposed to what two two and a half hours in a movie more is more for me. I want I want more time to watch into it. Ronald, I get it, but sometimes like the, if you figure, uh, depending how long they make the series, it'd be the same thing, like time wise. It's not gonna be five five uh, thirty minute episodes though. It's gonna be like eight forty minute episodes, and that's more time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. It, I mean, the way they've been doing She Hawk, it's been like twenty five minutes so i don't you don't know which way they were going how they're breaking it up i don't have an issue with it being a movie um i do understand would have been nice for the series and how they plan on doing it and how they plan on looping everything in i just want to see punisher in the war machine like it's like sorry if it's armor wars you gotta do it yeah so that's all i want i just want to throw this out there maybe they don't have eight 40-minute TV's uh, <laughs> spots worth of, of story they want to tell. That could be yeah. really what they're doing here. Uh, I like 
Don Cheadle as uh, Rhodey. I also like him as, you know, War Machine. But let's be honest, the character is usually a secondary yeah. act. So focusing on that character for an entire series might not, you know, do it for people. I think maybe there's some cold feet because of the reception, for better or for worse, for She-Hawk. I've enjoyed She-Hawk. I know that Iran has enjoyed She-Hawk as well. But there's people out there that don't enjoy She-Hawk for whatever reason. And once again, Sally's selled seashells by the seashore, uh, saying that She's five times fast. breaking the fourth wall. There's only one character that does that in the MC world. No. But she was again, doing it before Deadpool. Yeah. I just also want to point out, then again, he's not in the MCU like I yeah. pointed out before. Well, that's why he I said MCU. MCU <laughs> well, no, yeah. MCU adjacent. So we can have a fourth wall breaker there. Yeah. And here's the problem. There's been fourth wall breaks before. Yeah. That, but but her, her, whole, her whole run, half yeah. her run was for <laughs> the same thing she's doing. It's more of a recap. Instead of having the block and just be a recap, it's her telling the recap. Yeah. That, that's all the fourth wall breaks are. I, I'm going to give credit to uh, the person who holds the She-Hulk Twitter account. Uh, let's be honest. It's all incels pissed off. <laughs> they can't get laid and they're pissed off when a woman's in charge. I'm just throwing it out there. And if you have hate mail, that means you're an incel and you're going to out yourself. So go ahead and send the hate mail to where, Diesel? 3FatNerdsPod at gmail.com. And there you go. A little shameless plug. Well, that's going to do it for the stories for the Nerd News, but we do have something to end the Nerd News with. You like to have fun, and of course, I am going to New York Comic Con this upcoming week, and boy, oh boy, has it been a pain in the ass. <laughs> uh, if, if, if you're listening, thankfully you did not have us as press there this year, because I am going to shit all over your process, because it's fucking sucked. First of all, crashed, servers bur- bur- broke down on the first time that they tried to res- reserve stuff. And then the second time, by the time people got into the queue, because there was some way that people figured out to backdoor in, and they knew about it, uh, everything was taken up. Every (laughs) spot was taken up on any major panel. Not that there was a a grand amount of things that I wanted to see, but whatever. And then on top of all of that, a lot of the, like, cooler stuff is ticketed events. Like, on top of raising the prices for passes for New York Comic Con, they now have ticketed events. Including what the big one would be was the Back to the Future reunion. That is a ticketed event. <laughs> How much is the extra ticket? I don't know, because I didn't even look. As soon as I knew I had to pay extra money, I'm like, I ain't fucking paying yeah, extra money. that's fucking horseshit. I, I can tell you that Michael J. Fox is charging $399 for a photo op. Just him. And he's going to be out of focus. Me, meanwhile, <laughs> mean, <laughs> meanwhile, Christopher Lloyd is only charging 120 which I think is reasonable. I think he should actually drop it down to 88 Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. There's been a lot of problems. And for, like, if it was a smaller con, I wouldn't even say anything. But this is the second largest comic con in the world behind San Diego. They've been doing it for a long time. It's ran by Breed Pop and Metaverse, which both of them have been running, uh, you know, shows all over the world forever. And they couldn't get their shit together. So that was the first thing. You know, am I a little sour on some end that we didn't get press? Yeah, I am. Because... You know, we go down there with the ODPH as 607 podcast, and the ODPH does a fucking great job and has great numbers. And I'm not going to say that, uh, you know, I go down with them. You know, it's not on the back because I don't think that uh, the PC knowledge of us being three fat nerds is is going for them. But with that being said, and all the friends that I have that are listening to this that might have gotten press and stuff, I, it's not a shot at you. I just no. think it was a shitty situation from the jump. However, we didn't need New York Comic Con to be press. All they did is free me up to not go to some shitty panels. And I'm saying that in the nicest way possible because last year when we were pressed, I had to go cover some of the shittiest stuff. Listen, I went to cover shit that is no longer around. Why the last man? 
I went to an interview segment for Why the Last Man that was canceled four days after I did the interview segment. <laughs> four fucking days. But I had to do it because, you know, we were trying to be good press, like what we always do. And we put out the content like we always do between here and the ODPH. And it's fucking whatever. However, I will say this. We are still going down as press, just not for New York Comic Con. And we got some really cool stuff. So keep your eyes posted uh, to the social medias because I'll be doing as much coverage as I can because obviously they're going to restrict some of this. But uh, we're invited on Wednesday. Uh, not part of the uh, Comic Con. WB... I don't know where they pulled this money from with how much they're leaking money, but they have rented an off-site area for the duration of New York Comic Con to do private screenings and different uh, party events and stuff. So on Wednesday, uh, myself and Ken M, when we first get to the city after we check in and get you know comfortable, we have to go to a WBD, WBD screening of the new Mortal Kombat Legends Snowblind. So we're gonna get to see the entire movie in its entirety at the screening. There is a panel at New York Comic Con, but they're just showing clips. This, they're showing the entire movie. So we get to see the screen of that, and uh, we'll let you know what we can let you know outside of that, because I don't know what kind of embargo until we get there. Also, we are going to be doing works with Comicsology, Image Comics, uh, Marvel Comics, believe it or not, and a few other outlets uh, due to uh, a lot of the coverage that uh, Ken does with the ODPH. So we're going to get the hookup once again with Scott Snyder and company, and that's going to be awesome as well. Last but certainly not least, on Friday night, we have been invited to the Fandom slash Paramount Plus party, and it's being hosted by Ice-T and Coco. That's nice. right. And I'm also going to get to see Cool Keith perform. <laughs> nice. That's right. And DJ Kevy Kev. And then, of course, Zarface. So we're talking old school hip hop in the, his house. Uh, there's like this uh, whiskey place is uh, sponsoring. So there's this, or Scotch place, sorry, not whiskey. So there's an open bar uh, for press especially. And then there's also uh, some food that's sponsored by Heinz. So I don't know what uh, that's going to be there, but uh, they got this like party from eight to midnight. We're going to go hang out. We're going to take pictures. Uh, we should have some access to stuff as press. They already told us we'll have access to a bunch of different stuff. And so uh, I can't wait for that. It's going to be pretty fun to be down there at New York City, plus uh, going to see some movies and everything else. So I've got a full slate of stuff going down at New York Comic Con this upcoming weekend. And with that being said, if you are going to be at New York Comic Con, hit up at 3FN Podcast on Twitter and let me know where you're going to be if you want to meet up, because we can meet up, say hi. I got some stickers and stuff to give out and uh, just, you know, chat for a minute. You know, I'd love to meet anybody, whether you're podcast friends or you're fans of the show. I'd like to meet you, give you some stickers and just have a chat. So uh, hit us up at 3FN Podcast. Uh, let us know that you're going to be down there and uh, I'll let you know where I'm going to be and we can meet up sometime when it's convenient for everybody. That is going to do it for this week's edition of The Nerd News. But don't you fret, folks. When the nerd news ends, we just jump right on over to... Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome back to Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. We've got actually pretty exciting in box office this week. Uh, coming in at number five, though, is the re-release of Avatar with another $4.7 million. Another 4.7 down. Uh, Bros debuted this week with $4.8 million in the number four spot. Just eked out the four spot over Avatar. Good stuff. Mm. That, of course, is our 3FN Movie Club review in the second half of the show. Coming in at number three is The Woman King with $7 million. I, I'm, I'm excited that's making more money. 
Don't Worry Darling with $7.3 million. Another $7.3 million worth of people disappointed. As we came out of the theater <laughs> Thursday night, the movie theater that also let out at the same time was coming out. We held the door open for someone, and they were talking about, well, that was just a shit show, and we could tell by the end music what movie it was. <laughs> but debuting this week, a horror movie with $22 million in its opening night, or opening weekend, Smile. I'm not surprised. It is uh, the horror season, and for a horror movie to be number one makes perfect sense to me. All right, coming out this week, uh, Terrifier 2, Amsterdam, Lyle Lyle Crocodile, and next week we have Halloween Ends and The Loneliest Boy in the World and The Inspection. There you go. All right. All right. Uh, once again, next week's 3FM Movie Club review will be for Amsterdam. So just yep. so you know, and maybe if I can get a chance to see it in New York City, Terrifier 6, I might do a little something for you guys as well. Uh, but that's going to see if I have time in New York City to check it out because locally they ain't showing that shit for some reason. It pisses me off. Yeah, I know. I'm upset. And then for our top three, we have our top three LGBTQ plus actors or actresses. All right, so at my number three slot, I got Elliot Page. A big fan. Big fan yeah. of Elliot Page. Done a lot of great work. Uh, next up on this list is one of my favorite comedians of all time, especially in movies and shows, Wanda Sykes. Oh, oh yeah. Dude, Wanda Sykes is fucking killer. She's married to a woman. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love Wanda Sykes. Yes, I do too. And last but certainly not least, in my number one spot, and he might as well be a nerd god, ladies and gentlemen, Sir Ian McKellen is my number one. Uh, Ron. Yeah, that's my number one, too. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, I forget how to pronounce his name, but from Sex Education and the new Doctor Who, Nachatawa. I'm sorry, I forget how to pronounce your name, dude, but you're amazing. Very good. Um, Jesse Taylor Ferguson from Modern Family. I, I, I just like his acting. I, he's solid. And then, obviously, Ian McKellen is number one. Like, you can't get any better than that. Him and his friendship with uh, Patrick Stewart, like, is amazing. And the fact that they're both knights is awesome. Yeah, they're both they're both knights, and they're both, and I think they've actually slept with each other. Maybe. Maybe. I would like to believe that happened. <laughs> Just like I would like to believe after seeing bros that Abraham Lincoln was also what? our first gay president. <laughs> I hope so, too. All right. Not, hopefully that wasn't a spoiler for anybody. <laughs> Diesel, your top three now. Uh, number three, we're going to go with Wentworth, Wentworth Miller. Okay, yeah, right oh, yeah, I forgot about yeah, he, he, hasn't, he hasn't been doing much lately, though. Uh, number two, we're going to go with Jane Lynch. Jane, oh, I love yeah. Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch is hilarious. Talking about going with another comedian, I, I <laughs> yeah. appreciate that. Big step up. I love Jane Lynch. Uh, going to shout out an honorable mention, though. Uh, it's the one that you didn't mention. And an honorable mention to Harvey Firestein. That's right. <laughs> one of the best ever. And, of course, if you haven't seen him in uh, Mrs. Doubtfire... You know why he's a legend. And Independence Day. Of course. Oh, <laughs> yes. And who is your number one? Number one, I'm going with you guys as well, Sir Ian McKellen. Like, just an outstanding actor all the way around. Yeah. You know what? You, I don't think that as an actor, you have to really strive to be Ian McKellen. Uh, he's done everything from being a Shakespearean actor. You know, he's been in comedies. He's been in action films. He's been in, you know, think about all the big franchises Ian McKellen's been in. He's been in everything. Everything. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. He's a hell of an actor. Absolutely, and uh, gotta love him. Gotta love him. Well, that is gonna do it for this week's Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff. We are gonna take a brief break. When we come back for the break, it's gonna be time for the second half of the show, which means it's time for the 3FN Movie Club Review. This week, it is for the brand new film, Bros. And we'll be right back with that review.
Hey, this is Bill Tash from Obscure Form. You can follow me on Facebook at Obscure Form. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Bill Tash. Check me out on Spotify or help me out on Bandcamp at Obscure Form. You are listening to the 3FN Podcast. That means this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. And this week we are doing the brand new film, Burrows. But before we get to the movie review, I'd like to give a reminder of how we do the 3FN Movie Club here, especially for anybody who might be new listening. Once again, if you are new to listening, thank you so much for joining us. The movie club breaks down like this. And the first part is all spoiler free. So if you don't want to have something spoiled for you, you're fine to stay in. We will talk about the synopsis of the film uh, from IMDb. Then we will switch it on over to talk about the cast, the crew, the budget, all that, all that happy mumbo jumbo before giving you our spoiler free thumbs up, thumbs in the middle or thumbs down recommendation. Then and only then will we play the spoiler alert which after the alert, we will be giving our spoiler full review for bros and follow that up with playing the game and giving our nerd score and my critic score. So if you do not want the movie spoiled, you can stay on and we will let you know when to stop. Gentlemen, are you ready to talk about bros? Fuck yeah. (laughs) Okay, so according to, uh, this is the shortest synopsis in the history of Man from IMDb, two men with commitment problems attempt a relationship. Spot on. Accurate. (laughs) Spot on, but very short. Uh, Bros was released on September 30th of 2022 with a runtime of 115 minutes. It was directed by Nicholas Stoller. Uh, you might uh, know him more from his production and writing, which he's also a writer on this, and we'll talk about his writing credits in a minute. But his directing credits are Storks, both Neighbors 1 and 2, of course, Neighbors 2, colon, Sorority Rising, Get Him to the Greek, and his first ever full-length motion picture, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yep. That's uh, his so pretty good directing, of course, in the family tree of Judd Apatow. Yep. Uh, the screenplay for this movie was written by two people. One is Billy Eckner, who is your star of the film. Uh, this is his first motion picture to write for. He's done some shorts and he's done some TV, but uh, not a lot of writing credits, mostly an actor. And, of course, Nicholas Stoller was also your writer. And uh, let's talk about some of the things he wrote. Fun with Dick and Jane was his first major motion okay. picture. Also, Yes Men. With uh, Jim Carrey. So a couple of Jim Carrey back-to-backs. Oh, yeah. Then we get get him to the Greek. Not only did he direct, he wrote. 
uh, The Muppets and Muppets Most Wanted, Neighbors 2, he wrote. He did not write Neighbors 1. Night School with uh, Kevin Hart, and yep. most recently, Dora in the Lost City of Gold. Okay. Live-action Dora the Explorer yep. film. Last but certainly not least, in the crew, we have the cinematographer, and that goes to Brandon Trost. And Brandon started his career in music videos for a lot of big-named rock and rollers, uh, i.e. Rob Zombie. And that's going to come into play in a minute because his first movie was Crank High Voltage. And you can see in that movie why a guy who was doing music videos should have directed that film. But the next two that he did, Halloween 2, Rob Zombie's Halloween yep. 2, and The Lords of Salem, which is arguably Rob Zombie's best horror film. Okay. Or maybe best film, period. Yeah, I can see that. But here's where he comes into the Judd Apatow tree. And now I know some of these movies aren't Judd Apatow ones, and some of them are, but MacGruber, <laughs> That's My Boy, This Is The End, yep. of course, the highest grossing comedy of all time, true story, both of the Neighbors films, the interview, pop star, the disaster artist for Diesel, yes. and of course, most recently, Sonic the Hedgehog two. Oh, sweet! So he was nice. the DP on all of those films. So Brandon Trust doing some big things, going from the music world. By the way, he dipped back in the music world, and I mean, when I say he did everybody, it was like Rob Zombie, Static X. So a lot of the the visually pleasing bands, yeah. if you will. So hey, more power to uh, Brandon Trust. He's got quite the workload. Are you ready to talk about some of the actors in the movie? First of all, uh, not only was he a writer, but starring in this movie, Billy Eichner was in this movie, and uh, he's done a lot of uh, different things. Most recently, uh, he's done a lot of TV, but most recently as the um, the big screen, The Lion King. He is the voice of Timon in the live-action okay. Lion King yep. movie. Also, he has been in uh, the Angry Birds movie as a voice of Chef Pig slash Philip. He was in Neighbors 2 as Oliver Studebaker. And he's been in a lot of TV shows. And when I mean a lot of TV shows, I mean if you name a TV comedy, he was in it. Uh, he was also in What Happens in Vegas with, uh, uh, you know, Ashton Kutcher, if you remember that. So he's he's been in quite a few things, including American Horror Stories. And like I said, if you name a show, he has been on it. Uh, next up, star uh, co-starring in this film was Luke McFarlane. Uh, he's been in a few different things. He was on Killjoys, Kinsey as Bruce Kinsey. Uh, brothers and sisters is he played Scotty Wendell and over there is uh, Private Frank. So he's he's done a couple of mostly you know television stuff and uh, television dramas and there is a reason why there were so many Hallmark nods in this movie. He's done a ton of Hallmark movies. Okay, <laughs> I am not making this. He did Chateau Christmas, a Valentine's Match, Sense Sensibility and Snowman. Yeah, a Shoe Addicts Christmas. That was with Melissa Joan Hart, by the way. And we could go on and on and on, but I'm not going to. Uh, so this is probably his first big uh, breakout role. Uh, Guy Barnum is next. And Guy Branham, sorry, Guy Branham, he is uh, known for uh, No Strings Attached, where he played Guy, so he kind of played himself. Connecting, which he wrote that movie. So he's got a few things on his thing. He's also a producer on this film. Yep. Uh, he did a great job and reminded me of uh, a great friend of mine. So more power to him. And then... I just got to give the big shout out to uh, Dot Mary Jones, who played Cherry, and she reminded me about uh, about four of my aunts, and I'm not joking. Uh, as most of you know, I grew up in the uh, gay community. Uh, my mom's a lesbian, and she reminded me of like four of my aunts, and it was very heartwarming for me in this movie, and she, I think she did a great. Uh, Diesel, you're going to enjoy this. She was in the Boondock Saints sequel. Yes. Oh, she's been in a lot of things. Yeah, she's, she's also she's, in Three from Hell as Slackjaw, yeah. 
greener grass. Married uh, with children Mar- episode. Yes, she was in a bunch of TVs. Married, you know, <laughs> after the end, she played the mom, and after the end, she's got a she, lot of lot of Modern Family. She's shown up on there. Uh, tons of TV stuff. Glee is one of her most yeah. known roles as well. So, got to give it up. Done a ton of stuff, and she's fucking awesome. Yeah. So, wanted to give her her due and shout out. And yes, she does look like four of my aunts. <laughs> the budget of this movie was twenty-two million dollars, and as you heard earlier, pretty much the it's only been uh, released domestically, so it's only made four point eight million yeah. on that twenty-two million dollar investment. We have now come to the portion. We are, we are going to give our spoiler-free recommendation. This is thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs, thumbs down, and why. Mind you, spoiler-free. We will start with Ron. What is your recommendation for Bros? All right. I am definitely going to give it a thumbs up. It is a rom-com. It's solid. It's it's a fun watch. If you have issues with what's going on, then obviously it's a no, but... I, it, it's a fun watch. It, it had me laughing. There's a lot of things in this movie that just hit, you know, around. It's definitely worth a watch. Diesel recommendation. Obvious thumbs up. It was it, definitely when we get to the spoiler part. Um, I'm gonna have some gripes and some high praises, but definitely a fun watch. I enjoyed the entire process of this movie. It was fun. If you're in 2022 and you're still uneasy about watching gay stuff. Fuck you, get over it, watch it, it's funny, and have a good time. I'm going to start off by talking, saying this about the movie. This movie is an LGBTQ version of basically your classic Woody Allen film. This could be, this is, I've heard it described as the gay Annie Hall, and they're not far off. <laughs> so if you like Woody Allen films, this will be for you as well. I am giving it a thumbs up. As a person who grew up in the LGBTQ plus family, with my mom being a lesbian, my aunt owns a gay bar. Uh, so, like, I've grown up and I have a ton of people. This movie was a little more touching for me. And I'll, I'll get it a little out of the way because this doesn't spoil. There's characters in this movie that reminded me of people that I know in real life. And that means that this is one of the first movies I've watched with, with LGBTQ plus characters that are literally playing them like real people and not this swishy uh, stereotype. I mean, it... And it really touched me. I, I talked about it earlier as Cherry is, reminds me of four of my aunts. Henry, who uh, Guy Branham plays, reminds me of a friend of uh, my family, David, who is also my mom's hairdresser, but I've known him for years. He's no longer with us, unfortunately. Uh, the way he carried his drink was very emotional for me because it reminded me exactly of him. And it was just like one of those wonderful things. So this movie, if you are in a person in the LGBTQ plus community or adjacent to that as being a, you know, a, uh, a son or a, uh, a daughter adopted wise, whatever, if you have connection to the family, if you will, then this movie will remind you of all the good things that you probably witnessed growing up as well. So I give it a big thumbs up in approval because once again, it touched me personally, emotionally, but on top of that, it was very funny. I do like Woody Allen films and this is very much in the vein of Woody Allen. So Check it out if you like comedies. It is a lot of fun, and I I will double down what Diesel said. It is 2022. If 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 gay things bother you, it's time for you to grow the fuck up. Quite honestly, because listen, it's 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 normal. It's 2022. We can all have a good time. It shouldn't matter what people's personal choices are. And if you can't support that, you are actually the asshole. I'm just throwing it out there. If you don't like the movie for you know not liking the movie, that's fine. But don't go. Oh, I'm not going to go see it because it's gay. That's uh, it's 2022. Grow the fuck up. Now, with that being said, and driving off some people probably, 
which I don't care about. Uh, if we weren't going to do that, we wouldn't have done this movie, correct? True. So with that being said, we are going to now go into Spoilerville. So if you have not seen Bros and want to see it without having it spoiled, this is the time to stop the podcast, go watch the film when you can, and then come back and hear what we had to say. However, if you don't care if it's spoiled for you uh, because you're still on the fence and maybe want to go and maybe want to hear what we have to say first, or you just don't care if things are spoiled because some people are that way and you just want to hear our takes, stay on board because we're entering the spoiler zone right about... Now, and we're going to break this down and just have a conversation. Uh, first of all, I would like to point out that this movie was shot like any other rom-com, so you get the feeling right away that this is a rom-com, which yeah. it is. That's it's, uh, it's truly what it is. I do like the feelings of the Woody Allen portions of this film as far as the, uh, you could tell they borrowed a lot in the cinematography as that as well. Uh, we'll talk about the acting in a minute, but I always like to set it up with obviously what we see in the movie. I thought they did a great job shooting in location. We shot They shot this movie, obviously, in New York. You could tell there was different landmarks throughout New York City. And also, I liked how they uh, showed P-Town, Provincetown. Uh, if you are not familiar, that is uh, one of the places where a lot of gay people go to have summer retreats and stuff, and they do a huge pride event yep. up there every year. Uh, I have been up there with my mom and, and, and family members to uh, enjoy that because, once again, when you're in the gay community... Being the fact that even though I am a straight male, I am the son of my mother who is a lesbian. And that means I am family with everybody else. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I've been there. I saw some of the things. And I thought this was really cool that they shot on location. So I always like to give up the aesthetics. Uh, kudos to the cinematography. Kudos to the costume directors. And uh, kudos to casting because it, it was very well casted as well. Let's dive into the meat and potatoes. We'll start with Diesel. Uh, if you want, you can start on something you liked, something you didn't like. Whatever you would like to start with, good sir. Big shout-outs for uh, Luke McFarlane. I thought he stole the movie. I thought he was great. Um, the overall casting in this movie was great. The one major downside for me was the character of Bobby, played by Billy Eichner, was just, I did not find him to be a likable character. Well, uh, part of that is, I think, that they lean too heavily on the Woody Allen character. Yeah. So this was the self... Not only was he a gay man, but he was also a self-loathing Jew. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if you've ever seen Woody Allen films, that is kind of like the... What is it? The tailor-made portion yeah. of a Woody Allen film that always... Woody always portrayed what he is in real life, as he points out, yeah. a self-loathing Jew. So really, Billy Eichner, Bobby character was an homage to Woody Allen, but I think that he could have done that in a different yeah. way. So I agree with you. I wasn't, there were was some parts of the movie that I enjoyed him in, and there was other parts where it was more of the loathing parts. Like, I didn't mind when he was over the top with, like, his uh, getting on the soapbox, if you will. I thought that was fun. I thought a lot of those scenes were funny. Yeah. It was the scenes where he was self-loathing that were kind of yeah. off-putting, especially because his character has a lot of bravado. So it almost kind of felt, and I mean, I understand during the movie at some point he says that his confidence, because confidence is fake, yeah. and, and I mean, I would agree with that in real life as well, because I, I have a lot of fake confidence as well. So I, I agree with him in that, but it, it was really weird to see the dichotomy. And like I said, I could see where it was homage to Woody Allen, but it just kind of fell yeah. short. So I agree with you there. Yeah, so, so in this movie, like you care about the relationship because they do bring you in. You want them to be together, Luke and Bobby. But it's more for Luke's sake in my eyes, because I was like, I just want good things to happen to this guy. This guy, he stole the movie for me. Like, mm -hmm. the character was awesome. But another de negative thing is this movie kind of fell into the, the friends tra uh, trap as well, where money's not an issue. 
Yeah, I noticed yeah. that as well. It was like that whole thing where, all right, they want the relationship, and he's like, well, growing up, what did you want to do? Because Luke is a probate uh, lawyer. He goes, I want to be a chocolatier. And all of a sudden, he just quits his job, opens up a chocolate store and in New York City. And it becomes successful like that, yeah, which it, is a little weird. Yeah. I, I agreed. Um, so just following on some of those tropes like that, and just to go on to one more negative, the um, the character, what was it, Luke? Oh, Luke? yes, the the friend that came out? Yes. It. We were talking about this afterwards, but it... It was to set up some drama between the relationship, but it just seemed like kind of forced and yeah, pushed right. through way too quick. Right. But um, overall, though, like the comedy beats were great. Um, even a little shocking at times, like their first time together at night. You know, you see them; they're both shirtless, they're kissing, and then the camera pans back, and you get the reveal of uh, the two husbands sucking off <laughs> uh, Aaron. Yeah, because when they meet, he see when they go on their first date. Well, they don't want to call it a yeah. date because both of them are scared. They uh, they had to do around the fact that the baseball guys, because yeah. they were at, we saw them at the gay club, and they were dressed up as shirtless baseball guys. I have to go meet with them again. Why don't you come? No, no, I'm just going to go home. And then they, they end up kissing. And then, like I said, we get the passion kiss. You're like, oh, man, they went home together. That's nice. And then the slow reveal <laughs> of the two pleasuring Aaron. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, that's, that's, that's something. Okay. And that was one of the parts where the, you know, the, the self-loathing Jew aspect of the Bobby character kind of was like, I'm going to go. Oh, you sure? Yeah, I, I've got to go. That's one of the scenes where I really enjoyed Billy Eichner's act. It was right. like, yeah, I'm going to see my way out of here now. <laughs> so that's why I was saying, in my opinion, he did a good job in some part. Like, some parts of the movie, like, when he was being uh, the lovable gay character that gets on his soapbox too much, I think he really shined. And, like, the confusing parts where they were, their relationship, yeah. he shined. But then there was the parts, like I said, where it goes into the Woody Allen talk too much. Because, you know, that's basically the character that Woody Allen plays. So there's where it kind of leaned a little bit too much on Woody Allen. And you could tell um, I would have leaned a little less. I don't think it ruined the movie for me. But at the same time, I feel like you, that I feel like the Aaron character was the was where your heart was yeah. supposed to be. But then again, in a Woody Allen film, that's true as well. Because he was kind of the Diane Keaton role in Annie yeah. Hall, if you will. So, so maybe that was done intentionally. Uh, Ron, did you have anything that you want to add to... Uh, to what Diesel said. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's hitting all the points on the head right there, and it's 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 solid. Both actings on both sides, I felt, were good. I think they wanted you to hate Bobby a little bit, like, in this. That's why, you, just the way it was. It, it's, you you didn't want the happy, oh, he's the one that, you know, you, you, you they wanted you to hate Bobby. Just, and that's just how I felt going into it, and I was fine with it. Like, I, that's how I felt. Yeah, he kind of was the bad character. Well, yeah. the bad character, if you will, yeah. in quotations. Yeah. You more wanted to see... Aaron's got the heart of gold, so you wanted to see him yeah. happy. And and then Billy starts to get the... Uh, the, the Bobby, sorry, but played by Billy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he starts to get the heart... At the end, he yeah. kind of has that heart of gold change as well. Yeah. So that's that, there's growth in this movie, and I did like that. That's one of the things that I like. The story arcs in this movie were fantastic, as far as the main characters go. And I like the way that they use the secondary characters, because a lot of the secondary characters in this movie were there to do what a secondary character should do. Make the stars better. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're feeling like Bobby is not a great character... Or that he's a bad person, if you will, or not the best of people. Then you have his best friend, who is a straight female, who does this great job of like doing his inner monologues, being his angel, if you will, on yeah. his shoulder. And at the same time, you have you know the character 
of uh, Henry, who's kind of like the devil on his shoulder too, because <laughs> God does a great job of, you know, because he's a guy that goes around the city and he's sleeping with everybody. Of course, if you don't know who I'm talking about and you haven't seen the movie and the trailers, he's the one that makes the uh, steroided Dumbledore joke yeah. uh, in, in the club. And you find out that he is going all over, you know, making his rounds. And that's kind of what Bobby is trying to do when we first meet him. Uh, there's even, I thought some of those things were very funny. Like the shave is, yeah, I want a picture of your ass. You know, I like, first of all, I like how they portrayed men dating men. Oh, because yeah. as a man, you know, I'm sure that there's some more effeminate men out there who would maybe take that quality. But for the most part, men are very undecisive. <laughs> I mean, we have to decide at times, but you know, the way that every time there's a text, it's, what up? Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? What are you doing? Hanging out, watching TV. What are you doing? Huh, hanging out. It's just like basic things like this. And you get these like him on uh grinder with uh, <laughs> want to hook up. I need an ass pick. Uh, I'm not sending an ass pick. I don't have ass picks. Uh, I, I need an ass pick. Not taking an ass pick. Not hooking up if you don't if I don't have an ass pick. So then he goes and shaves his ass and cuts his ass and it, it was that was funny. I thought those yeah. were all funny scenes. And of course the guy still blocks, blocks, him, blocks after. him after after he gets his ass pick. After he spends like an hour getting the perfect ass pick and he's like, really, this is bullshit. So like you you have like scenes like that that I thought were very effective and fun and funny. So like don't don't fret. There's a lot of fun in this movie, but there's also the romantic side. And I thought that it was a very nice portrayal. I thought it was a very nice portrayal between the main characters, even. When both the characters opened up to each other, it was very heartwarming. And you're just like, all right, I want to see these two together. And yeah. They, it took a while for both the characters to open up to that point. But when it does, you're just like, all right, I want these two to be together. Which makes a great yeah. arc. Yeah. Like, it's a great growth arc in this movie. Um, like I said, some of the secondary characters... Uh, one of the scenes that had me laughing my ass off was the Deborah Messing scene. Deborah Messing's in this movie playing Deborah Messing. Uh, and of course, in the movie, she's going to donate money because she possibly said something that was going to get her possibly canceled. And so therefore, there's like kind of saving face and they're going to help her out. But this is the time where Bobby's really trying to figure out him and Aaron's relationship. This is the beginning of the relationship. They're both non-committal and he's freaking out because he's not uh, messaging back. So he starts talking to Deborah Messing as like she's Grace. And she has this epic hilarious <laughs> meltdown like I am not Grace that is a character why do all gay men think that I'm here to be their therapist and she goes to this whole and they're all like we're sorry Mrs. Messing and then she's like somebody let me out no not you her I want her and she points to Cherry and it's, it's hilarious but hilarious. But I just thought it was really yeah. funny that the Dapper Messing character is super funny in this movie and I yeah. thought it was a great scene there's so many scenes like that in the movie yeah. Ron did you have anything you wanted to add to positive and or negative for for the most part, it is a solid rom com. Like yeah. if you, if like I said earlier, if you're not into the whole gay thing, whatever, it's 2022 as you guys said. Like it didn't bother me at all. Like yeah. it was it was a solid movie, and the the fact of it being a rom com and showing a relationship bloom, you know, is it was a nice little take out of it all. Um, I, the the negatives were just a couple little stupid things, nothing out of the ordinary. For me, I, I there's nothing worth mentioning. So it, you know, it's a solid movie all around. Yeah, and going back to saying about people now, if your only reason for not liking something is because it's quote unquote gay, that is just a bad reason not to like yeah. something. Yeah. But if you're like no interest in rom coms and stuff, I get it. I do understand that because that's not going to be if you don't like Woody Allen films, this movie's not for you as well. But it's kind of like one of those things where if your only excuse is oh I don't need to see gay shit on the screen, like 
yeah, well, you know what? Maybe it might be good for you sometimes <laughs> to see something different than the same shit over and over and over again. And I thought they did this very tastefully. I think there was nothing out of uh, whack. Uh, you know, as somebody who describes himself also as straightish, and I know Diesel does too, lots of hard-bodied men in the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of hard-bodied men. I'm just going to throw it out there. If I if I ever was going to switch sides, which I wouldn't because I love my wife dearly, but uh, I'll tell you what, hard body men are my kind of guys. Dude, Luke McFarland makes the list. Oh, he's, he's, he's on that list <laughs> this year. An attractive man. He's, he's a very attractive man. And I don't know if he overtakes Alexander Skarsgård, but I'll just say that he makes the list. Uh, and we mentioned him earlier as, a, as, a, as kind of an honorable mention, but Harvey Firestein, he plays Lewis, who is basically he only has one scene in the movie. And it's a great scene because they're going to P-Town for the weekend and they're getting an Airbnb. So they're renting a room at this beautiful house that he has right on the ocean. And he's talking about, you know, and there's, believe it or not, there's this this great comedy moment, but this great serious moment. And I thought that one of the things that this does in this movie is they do some really great serious moments, especially for the LGBTQ plus community. And like having Harvey talk about buying the house back in the day so him and his friends could have fun, especially on Pride and, you know, looking at the old picture. And it was really an old picture of him and some friends. And he says, you know, unfortunately, some of them are no longer with us. And you just have that realization that for, especially for an older gay man, a lot of that men you know he probably lost some people to AIDS and and other things and it's just very you know they don't touch on it they don't go too far into it but they give you enough that you go oh this is yeah. real and then they bring you back though because of the <laughs> levity and he's one of the best parts of the scene he's like you guys can do whatever you want and if you guys want to have sex he smacks him on he grabs the ass he goes he goes let me know because I'm, I'm in <laughs> let me know if you want to fuck oh yeah he grabs his ass fuck, yeah. it's so good it's so good and I, I thought Harvey Firestein was so great in this movie and it was nice to see some cameos especially yeah. from some very yeah. very good gay actors and then we got some some, uh, some cameos from some not so homo- homosexual actors, but I thought it was a good payoff because we got we got Keenan Thompson in the movie. Yep, uh, we got uh, Ben Stiller. There's a joke in the movie where uh, when they're making the museum, uh, Aaron tells Bobby, "Well, you should make it like Night at the Museum." And like, well, you never see that. My family loves that movie. Ben Stiller, he's hilarious. And so at the end, one of the reveals is that he puts. Ben Stiller in the museum, <laughs> kind of curating like he was at night in the museum, and Keenan Thompson is is playing a, is playing a gay man from history. Amy Schumer, <laughs> big, you know, gay people love Amy Schumer. Just throwing it out there, she was she was in there. As, as a matter of fact, all of my uh, gay male friends are big Amy Schumer yeah. fans. She's playing uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, who real life, by the way, was bisexual. Uh, Keenan Thompson's playing James Baldwin, uh, one of the first openly uh, gay black men. Yep, and it, it's it's kind of nice to see that they pay, played like homages to the past in this movie. And there's a saying that Bobby says in the movie: "We have to do this because not everybody's here. Not everybody saw this moment." Yeah, and he goes back to that a few times. We're we're doing this because not everybody saw this moment. This moment is 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 important because not everybody made it here. And I thought that that was really kind of a nice, like, nutshell wrap-in. I think that one of the negatives to this movie is, is unfortunately, nothing against this movie, but because they have booked it as the first huge gay comedy, I think that that is what people are now attacking. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. I, I, I wonder, yes, you should still have all the LGBT. You can have this movie exactly how it is, but maybe if they just marketed it, and I get it. You should be proud of this moment. And I'm proud of this moment. I thought it was really good. You heard what I said during the recommendations that I thought that part was beautiful as a person growing up in the family. 
I just think that they have now kind of attracted that criticism, unfortunately, themselves. And I wish they would have just done it slightly different. I'm not saying that they had to hide that, what it was about. No. I think the poster shows you all you need to know. I think the trailer shows you all you need to know. Uh, but the fact that there's a lot of that going on is, I think, part of the marketing campaign. And unfortunately, even in 2022, there's a lot of fucking idiots out there, yeah. as we know. Yeah. Uh, you want to add anything into this, Diesel? It was, it was a fun watch. Um, we got to shout out, though, a very special character, Steve. 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 Steve, Steve. was a highlight of this movie. <laughs> when uh, Aaron's friend uh, from high school comes out as gay, and then he asks uh, Bobby, are we monogamous? And they're like, all right. So they wind up having like this threesome with him. But all of a sudden, there's just Steve in the room. <laughs> and Steve is just trying to get in on the action wherever he can. And everyone's kind of just like... Giving him the hard shoulder, edging him but out. But everybody's always like, hey, Steve. Every time he gets in the way. And it's like he's like tender kissing people's backs. He's trying to massage people. It's 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 really kind of cute. And it's just like everybody's just, but everybody's like, oh, hey, Steve. And then one Bobby's friend walks into the room. And then Steve's there. He's like, hey. He's like, hey, Steve. Like everybody's put yeah. up with Steve's bullshit. But, yeah, but the, the best part was when Henry walks in originally, he's like, ooh, Bobby. Like, because like Bobby's style isn't normally this like, yeah. four-way. And so he's like, ooh, Bobby, living on the edge. And it's like this exciting like moment. And then all of a sudden he's like, and then Steve's like, hey, hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. <laughs> just like, Steve was great. Great for breaking the levity. Yeah. We, get, we get introduced to a wonderful thruple. Yeah. Oh, the thruple was so cute. <laughs> you know, the couple, they've been together for a while, and they started dating a, a third. And everyone's like, are you sure about that? Like, well, we've been seeing it for like six months now. And it was cute. It actually yeah. was yeah, really cute. I love the bonus scene where it was like them calling the, gra the grandma. <laughs> We're in a thruple. Oh, that's so nice. They found someone <laughs> new to fuck. fuck. <laughs> 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 the, yeah, some of the like out of reality sequences. There wasn't many of them, but that one was really hilarious. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so it was really like I said. This is a good comedy. At the end of the day, it's a good comedy. It uh, fits in the realm of the Judd Apatow comedies. Yeah. Like it very much fit, feels at place with all those great movies. Like, it's it's kind of funny though. There's a lot of levity to the sex scenes. I will say that that was the one thing that I I, I, will, I will throw that out there. There's the one thing that I thought was a little weird because I mean a lot of it's like slap play fighting. I don't know how much of that is really real because I've never been in that scenario, <laughs> but uh, I know that they did it for comedic value. But it was still kind of a little like you know they're like wait a minute you know would this happen in a male female movie? I don't know. I do give them credit for uh, going uh, gay missionary. Yeah. <laughs> I got, I'm giving all the credit in the world for that. So most of the sex scenes, yeah, definitely had a little slapstick to them, except for the one in P-Town where uh, Aaron wants Bobby in, in him. Yes, and that was the, actually like... The top wants to be bottomed. And I was like, dude, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, they were in love. and you well, wanted, yeah. It was like, all right, because that's fucking awesome. <laughs> even even three straightish, cisgendered male hetero guys were like, Oh, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> but that's that's love. That's love when the top wants to be the bottom for you. That's that's love. Uh, so, like I said, I, I think I, I think it hit on all cylinders. Like once again, the grapes are not that right. big. A lot of them are just like different acting choices I would have made, or you know I would have written. But that's just me. Like as a whole, it was definitely a modern day. Like I said, gay gay Annie Hall is is what uh, I saw kept seeing online. I think I agree with that. Yeah. It really is. And Annie Hall is a fucking phenomenal film, unless you really don't like Woody Allen films. And I'm a big Annie Hall fan because I do actually like Woody Allen films. I do wish that uh, Bobby was li a little less Woody though. Yeah. Because 
Once again, it wasn't necessarily the gay things. Occasionally, it was gay stuff that he just kept rambling about. But a lot of it was the Jewish stuff that kept coming in. So it was really kind of him. I, I feel like in his mind, he was paying homage to Woody Allen. And I think he just took it a little too yeah. far. But outside of that, I I mentioned earlier, I love the fact that Abraham Lincoln may have been gay. We don't know. <laughs> but you can't say that according to them. But I love the freak out. I'm on steroids. Oh, my God. <laughs> when he goes on steroids. That is a fun scene. Oh, and the, the, the switching out of voices. That yes. was great. Oh, yeah. he, he bros up at the gym after they break up. And he hooks up with this guy. And then after they hook up, they're laying in bed, and he lets his normal voice come out, and the guy freaks the fuck out. It is hilarious. <laughs> and it's an awkward but funny scene, because he's like, well, would you take me home if I spoke with my regular voice? Just ask. And he's like, probably. You seem like a nice guy. And he's just like, he's like, okay. And then he goes ask. He's like, leave. <laughs> it was just kind of funny. This is some serial killer shit. <laughs> now it's just weird, so you got to go. You got to go, man. It's just weird now. You got to go. Uh, so I thought that was real fun too. There was a lot of fun scenes like that. Like I thought that this movie hit a home run on seriousness, like mixing the serious and then alleviating it with some really fun scenes. And there was ridiculous scenes uh, that were funny, and then there was you know they were kind of over the top, which you need in a big comedy. But then there was also like just the small funny scenes where it's just ha that that line was funny. Yeah, you know. And I I thought there was a lot of cool ones in this movie. And once again, I would definitely recommend it to anybody. Well, we have come to the part of the show. Where, Diesel, you need a victory. You need a victory bad because... Time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> now, that's right, it's time to play the game. Of course, it's going to be these two gentlemen are going to compete against each other. It's the closest to the number without going over the old prices, right, rules. Ron has been your champion for a few weeks now. Diesel's going to try to dethrone him. Of course, we also don't do tiebreakers, so the final uh, question may have to be closest to the number because, yeah, we don't do tiebreakers, and we've come down to that quite a bit lately. So, gentlemen, are you ready to play the game? Yeah, absolutely. All right, Diesel, since you are the challenger, you get to go first. IMDB, out of 10, using points, what did they give bros? I think this movie scores pretty high. I'm going to go nine solid. Nine solid. Ronald. I'm going to hedge my bet that you overbid it, so I'm going to go to five. Go to five. So five for Ron, nine for Diesel, and Ron gets the point. 7.1 out of 10 mm. on IMDB. Next up. Ron, you get to go first here. It is Metacritic. Remember, this is critics only. Out of 100%, what did they give bros? 87 spot in my head. Okay, so 87 for Ron. Diesel. In my head, I'm thinking, whatever Ron says, I'm going one number higher. But you gave me one, now we got to go a little bit lower. So we're going to go, we'll go with one. Just because I might have that whole <laughs> range. <laughs> but I was going to go one higher than you, but you went a little too high for me. And Diesel, it pays off. It was 77%. Okay. So you got a point. So well, 77. I yeah. seven there. One for one. All right. Diesel, Rotten Tomatoes, critic score out of 100%. 77. We're just going to rock it. <laughs> Higher or lower, Ron? Ron. This is Rotten Tomatoes? Rotten Tomatoes, critic score. Oh, Jesus. 40. 40%. And you said? 77. 77, 40, and... Diesel gets the point, 91% oh, wow. I, 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 I would never have said 91. So Diesel's leading 2-1. to yeah. one. The next one could be the winner. And, Ron, you get to go first on this one. It is the Rotten Tomatoes fan score out of 100%. What did they give? Bros. 
77. Diesel. I'll, I'll give you a little bit. We'll go 84. 84 for Diesel. 77 for Ron. And Diesel has done it. He has dethroned Ronald. It was 92% out of 100% Ooh, wow. on the Rotten Tomatoes fan score. Now let's go with the final question just for funsies. Diesel, you get to go first. Out of 100%, what did Google users give bros? I think you should get the Catholic uh, Movie uh, Association for this one. <laughs> See what their <laughs> score was. Jeez. Um, Google users are usually pretty high, so we're going to stay with the highness. We'll go with even 90. Ronald. 89. This is a weird movie. 64% on Google. It was the lowest score by far. Yeah. You sons of bitches. <laughs> Well, you know, that's probably where most of the people are doing the bombing is there. Because I was surprised that it was still so high on Rotten Tomatoes because yeah. I would assume review bombs would have came in. But both the fan and critic scores are in the 90s and certified fresh, as it should be, because I think this movie was very, very good. Well, now let's talk about our scores. We are going to give the nerd scores for this film, and I will give my critic score. Real quick, we will run over the nerd scores. It is simple. A one is no. That means don't go see this movie. Don't watch this movie. This movie is terrible. A two is you've been warned. That means it's not quite terrible, but it still ain't good and you've been warned. A three is, eh, it's good. That means this is an average to good film. It's not groundbreaking. You don't need to spend money on it. It's not essential for you to watch. But at the same point in juncture, if you watch it, you will not regret it. You'll probably be entertained. But it's not something that you have to like go out of your way to see. A four is just take my money. That means it is a good to great film. These are films that you know you should definitely make an, uh, an effort to see. They're very fun to watch. You can spend money on them because they're good. And last but certainly not least is the certified air that is certified nerd. That is the five spot. These are saved for the classics. Movies like Jaws, Jurassic Park. And this year alone, we've had three. We had Spider-Man No Way Home. We then had uh, The Batman. And last but certainly not least, Clerks 3 as unanimous ones. By the way, there was other ones that got one of us to vote for it, but we only count the unanimous as far as certified nerds across the board, but there are still some great movies that like we've all certified nerd, including uh, Last Night in Soho. Me and Diesel both said that was a certified move, nerd movie. Ron gave it a four. Just take my money. But Jake, once again, we're only giving you the list of the unanimous. So, Ronald, we're going to go to you first. What is your nerd score and why for bros? All right, I'm probably going to get catch hell for this but uh, i'm probably the low one here i'm gonna give it a three it is a solid rom-com if you're not a fan of rom-coms i get it i understand i don't think it pushes it above what it needs to be uh for i but it that's just me uh i enjoyed it i'll probably watch it one more time at some point in time but it's not one that i'm gonna go back to that's just why it's a three to me okay uh diesel yeah i kept waffling between a three and a four myself uh, one of your pluses is one of my negatives. It is a very much a Woody Allen movie. And as the artsy guy, surprisingly, I'm not a huge Woody Allen movie fan. What is That is very surprising. It really is. Um, with that being said, like we don't do half points, so I'm going to land on a three, but it was in consideration for a four. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be the only one that says I, I give it a four. I give this a uh, just take my money. This movie is very good, but once again, I am a, I, I'm not the artsy guy, but I am a Woody Allen <laughs> fan, which is really weird. And I, I do really think it borders on that. I think your decision for this movie is really going to be based on what you find in comedy. If you find yourself leaning more towards the Woody Allen stuff, although this movie does deliver some lowbrow yeah, humor boy. as well. Oh, yeah. It's, very, it's a very highbrow movie, which is a Woody Allen film, very intellectual, if you will. But at the same time, there's lowbrow moments, so yeah. you'll... No 
matter what, you'll get an entertainment out of this. I don't think that their threes are, you know, against the movie. I think it's still a great movie. Uh, with that, though, I also, on my critic score, I was going back and forth. Uh, I didn't know if I really was enough for an eight. And I really kind of wanted to go higher than the seven and a half. So I'm going to give it a rare seven and three quarters, 7.75. <laughs> you know, I usually don't do quarter scale, but I just couldn't justify an eight. There's a few things in this movie that I'm like, eh, I didn't like. And it was enough for me to go, okay, it's got to come down slightly. But I still thought it was better than the seven and a half. So yeah. it does put this movie in the great realm because seven and a half in my world is a great film. Anything above a seven and a half. Also, because it's a comedy, it automatically sacrifices that I'm not going to probably put it in the nine range. Let's be honest. There's only a handful of comedies ever made that I would put up into the nine range. Uh, so you're automatically starting as the highest you can probably get is like an eight and a half. Yeah. Or if I'm being very generous, an 8.75. So this is only losing pretty much one point from the highest I would give a comedy for the most part because I do rate my films on what I'm watching. Yeah. And comedies are never going to be the highest marks. There's a few that do touch that rarefied air, but there there's a reason behind it. And I will say one of them is a Judd Apatow flick, and that, of course, is This is the End. Yeah. And there's a reason why that's the highest grossing comedy of all time. If you've ever seen it, that movie is literally laughs from front to end, but it is not good for anything else. The storyline <laughs> falls apart pretty quickly. It's kind of an obnoxious movie in a lot of ways. However, if you're going in just to laugh your balls off, that's your kind of film. So there's, there, there's films like that. I would also say the movie that this tries to be most like Annie Hall, I would probably give a nine to as well as one of the most classic of all time. But I just think that it it didn't quite succeed at being Annie Hall. And that's fine. It's, it succeeded at being the first bros. And I, I really would look forward to maybe another rom-com from this uh, pairing. Just a little less Woody Allen. Yeah. I, th I think in the character more than the writing, <laughs> if you will. True. So there you go. So I gave it a four. The, the two gentlemen gave it a three. So they gave it a, ah, it's good. I gave it a just take my money. And of course, I also gave it a 7.75 out of 10 on my critical score. And that is going to do it for the Bros 3FN Movie Club Review. Remember, next week, we will be reviewing Amsterdam. Uh, hopefully, that is as good as it looks because I, I can't wait to see it. And if you would like to send us uh, your opinions on the movie or anything else, uh, please be respectful of people who might not have seen the movie. Uh, we'd prefer you to send it probably via email. So 3FatnersPod at gmail.com. Only because we don't want you spoiling movies for people. So, But we always like to hear from you. If you want to do a spoiler-free one and shoot it on Twitter or any of the other socials, please free, feel free to as well. Diesel, you know what time it is. It's time to pay some bills. It's time for some shameless plugs. And that means if you can hear my voice, you know how to find us. But do your friends know how to find us? It's simple. You type in 3FN into any podcast provider and booyakasha, there we are. While you're there, you might as well smash that follow or subscribe button so you get the show delivered to you automatically each and every week. And if you've done all of those things, can we uh, ask you to maybe leave a five-star review for us on your favorite podcatcher? Because you know what? It doesn't cost you a dime, but it means the world to us and it helps us with the algorithm. We're also on Facebook. Type in that search bar, 3FN Pod. You're literally going to find our page. You're going to like our page. You're going to comment, rate, review, help us spread the word of nerd. Of course, we are on Twitter and TikTok at 3FN Podcast and on Instagram at 3FN Pod. Remember, for all of the social medias, whenever talking about the show, use that hashtag 3FN Pod. Send that hate mail. Send it. 3FatNerdsPod at gmail.com. 
Of course, if you would like to support the show monetarily and help us pay them bills around here, just like our good friends over at Multiverse of Badness, our newest patrons, thank you so much, you can join us for as little as $1 a month over on Patreon, Patreon patreon.com slash 3FN podcast. Get you a ton of extra bonus content, and you help everything we do there here, and we really appreciate it. Remember, again, patreon.com slash 3FN podcast. H-T-T-P colon backslash backslash 3FN P-O-D C-A-S-T dot com. That's right. 3FN podcast.com for all things 3FN. There's a page there for the 3FN podcast. There's a page for 607TWS. There's a page for friends of the show like the ODPH podcast. There is also the links for the Patreon, links for the T Public store. You can buy some swag and support us. And they got some new uh, designs up there as well. And then also there's the link for the Twitch channel, uh, musical uh, directory that has the bands that let us use their music, including our good friends at Shout at the Robots, who do the theme song for the 3FM podcast. Also, our good friends Floodlands, Tom Jolu, Second Suitor, the Foss Fiends from Melbourne, Australia, and the Jasons from West Virginia. Thank you all for allowing us to use their music. Support them through the directory and make sure you support their music on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp as well. And last but certainly not least, we have our local sponsors. But because they help us bring these shows to you commercial-free, we are going to give them a quick shout-out right now. Firstly, to the people who provide us with the 8122 Reduction Studios. That, of course, is Dragon Master Games, located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. And if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out about events happening at the shop, it's simple. Like their Facebook page, Dragon Master Games. And thank you to Rex to Rods Auto Detailing, located at 2004 North Street in Endicott, New York. To call for an appointment, call 607-644-3389. When you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, don't forget to tell them the three fat nerds sent you. And last but certainly not least, our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Of course, it's almost a year away, but still, August 25th and 26th of 2023, back at Vernon Downs Casino in Vernon, New York. Until then, you're going to want to stay locked in for all the announcements and sales and everything else going on. So make sure you're subscribed over at SciFiHorrorFest.com. With that being said, Ronald! One out of ten stars. It's all about elves. Did anybody realize that it's all about elves? How can a movie about elves get on the top 250? Do you love computer graphics? Didn't they look so real? How can a movie about computer-generated elves beat a real movie like Taxi Driver or any other movie without elves? People should watch real movies about real things. There is no emotion in a movie about elves. Does it hit close to home when the elves fight the wizard? No, a fantasy can never beat in drama if it doesn't exist. So it is... It, and it is new, even if it was good. To become one of the best movies ever, it hasn't w- withstood the test of time. Basically, I'm trying to say elves, wizards, computer graphics, do you love it? Would it kill them to use real models instead of computer graphics? Computer graphics are taking away real artists' jobs. One out of ten stars. Lord of the Rings just sucks, people. This guy's really mad about... Okay, they're talking about fictional characters. Fictional characters. I also want to point out that, uh, yeah, Taxi Driver, super realistic. Teenage hooker uh, going on to try to kill the President of the United States. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to go on a limb here and just say he never actually watched the movie. He was just upset that he was an artist and not a gener- computer graphic generator. No, I think somebody is on the spectrum, and usually people on the spectrum like elves and shit, but he's like the reverse spectrum. I, I don't think he saw the movie because it's not all about elves. But uh. By the way, I'd also like to point out that uh, Taxi Driver is very good. Don't take what I said, <laughs> but once again, it's still a movie with fictional characters. 
that are trying to entertain you. I don't want to watch movies that don't entertain me. And if it was always about real life, I'm going to tell you right now, real life is kind of fucking boring. Yeah. Most of us know if you're making a movie on just real life, it's boring. That's why whenever they make biopics, they do it in like exaggerate events. And the reason why is because real life isn't that entertaining. Real life is a lot of, eh, what you doing? Watching TV. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? <laughs> you know, what am, up? I, am, 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 am I lying? No. Oh. Ah, special people. Special. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of this week's 3FM podcast. Of course, we will be back next week, despite the fact that I'm going to be tired as fuck coming home from New York Comic Con. But we will be here bringing you the show like we do each and every week. I'll tell the stories about New York. We'll give you some nerd news from whatever news goes on in the week. And, of course, the 3FN Movie Club review of Amsterdam. Until then, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Most importantly, later, nerds. Later. He's not quite a hero. He's not quite a villain. That makes him an anti-hero, Ron. The Lord of the Rings just sucks people. You look at me and you look divine And you've been stuck inside my mind